And one of the biggest ideas that we had was to create these study abroad champions. And it's exactly that, to create that culture of study abroad across the campus, across different people who reach students in ways that we're just not able to. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of World Strides inaugural podcast, Changing Lives Through Education Abroad. I'm your host, Zach McInnes, Senior Director of Campus Partnerships, and this podcast is a series of conversations with international education's most interesting thought leaders, as well as discussions on emerging trends, best practices, and innovation happening within our field. I am absolutely thrilled about today's episode. Um, We'll be talking about innovative approaches to fostering a campus-wide culture of education abroad. And I will be joined by the esteemed Sarah Malloy, the Director of Study Abroad at International Exchange at the University of Arkansas. You do not want to miss this episode. Sarah, welcome. Hey, Zach. What's up? Thank you for being here. Could you start by describing your current role at the University of Arkansas? I've worked at the University of Arkansas for the last 10 years and just kind of taking on progressively more challenging and complex roles, uh, having started as a graduate assistant here while I was working on my master's in higher education and then moving through study abroad advisor, assistant director, associate director, and now here we are. So Sarah, you lead quite the innovative shop down there in the natural state. You do a lot, but one in particular, one initiative I'd love to chat about today is Study Abroad Champions. What is Study Abroad Champions and how did it come about? So Study Abroad Champions was a an idea that came out of the pandemic, right? So while we had this time and we were dormant and thinking about new and creative ways to reach students to get our word out, to build that culture, like you said, Zach, of study abroad on our campus. You know, how could we come out of this pandemic stronger than we were before? How could we reinvent study abroad? And I think that's a question we're still figuring out, to be candid. And one of the biggest ideas that we had was to create these study abroad champions. And it's exactly that, to create that culture of study abroad across the campus, across different people who reach students in ways that we're just not able to, right? Our study abroad champions, the main mission of it is really to just embed conversations and everyday interactions with students. So that made the team look at, well, gosh, where, where are we? I mean, we're literally in a little white house on the study on the, the <laughs> campus of the university of Arkansas. And we're right off the main campus. So that means that students have to actively walk across a busy street and come and find us in our very homey space. But it also means we're not in the middle of campus. So we had to think very creatively about how how we can get embedded in advising centers, career offices, TRIO. We're looking at who are our other influencers on campus. There's just this really amazing culture at the University of Arkansas of supporting study abroad for our students, thanks to some pretty generous scholarship funding through the Walton Family Foundation for our honors students. So we've got a huge culture and lots of champions, but we needed a way to formalize it. We needed an easy plug-in, honestly. Actually, yesterday, you know, Ali Bader was here visiting 
And we hosted a study abroad champions get together. So it was all of our student success folks, our academic advising folks, our university perspectives director and experiential learning director, just everybody that's connected to students in some unique way. We invited them in for a really informal chat, but it was an amazing informal conversation because we connected with the Student Success Writing Center and just on Tuesday and on Thursday, yesterday, they offered to do a writing workshop for personal statements for our students. People who are really interested in supporting study abroad show up and they bring their creativity, they bring their ideas, they want to make a difference and be a part of the the, the party, if you will. <laughs> they want to be a champion. So well said, a part of the party. Absolutely. You know, in my career, I've seen career offices have similar initiatives to this type of thing, but you're the only one that I know of to have this sort of like branding and a formal program around incentivizing and recognizing other folks on campus for advancing our work in education abroad. So can you talk a little about like who is in your circle of champions? Like how many, how many folks are we talking about here? And, and what is the ideal profile of a study abroad champion at the University of Arkansas? Yeah. This idea started, I would say, in May of 22. Uh, So it's still a pretty new idea. It's still a little in its infancy. It's not a formal program. uh, And I think that's a big piece of its success. So it's a little bit more informal in that as long as you support study abroad, you make an effort to talk about it with a student that you're engaged with. We don't have a formal count of our our membership, if you will, but it's academic advisors from the Walton College, Fulbright College, College of Education and Health Professions. Like if you meet this team here at Arkansas, we love to soundboard. We love to ideate. We love to build momentum off of one idea and propel it to another idea and propel it to another idea. And ultimately, that's how study abroad champions really begun to be fleshed out. Right. So I think our main focus to begin with was what kind of incentives can we offer our partners on campus, our champions on campus? So we went to NAFSA last year with an explicit goal. We were like, we're going to we're going to find a way to advance study abroad champions by finding a good partner like World Strides to host a site visit for our study abroad champions. And the site visit would have been focused on curriculum integration with an outcome of mapping curriculum across an underserved major or growing area in Northwest Arkansas. We found a really good partner in World Strides, thank God. Um, You guys have been fantastic to work with on this. And we're launching the site visit in March with the assistant the Associate Dean for Research and Innovation in the College of Education and Health Profession, our Assistant Dean of Student Success and Student Advising for the College of Education and Health Professions. We call it COHEP for short. The Assistant Director of Student Advising and then a couple of faculty members out of um, Recreation, Sports Management, and Public Health. And the reason why that was so strategic was Northwest Arkansas, if you are into mountain biking, if you're into the outdoors, if you're into kayaking, if you're into anything related to getting outside, breathing this natural air, we've become a really big place for outdoor and sports recreation management and business, right? Um, And so we wanted to really 
focus on that and align some of the industry happenings with student outcomes and with curriculum integration and with experiential learning like study abroad. And originally we thought we would make a competition, right? We thought we'll put all of the colleges, we'll pit all of the colleges against each other and incentivize these academic advisors to talk about study abroad during the student orientation. We had a whole scheme worked out where the, we would create QR codes for these academic advisors like, and ask the student they're advising to scan the QR code, pull them into a list, you know, kind of create some leads um, so that we could follow up with those students. And we took it to all of the heads of the academic advising units and we learned, too, that there's an academic advising council on our campus. And so that was kind of an aha moment for us. So this academic advising council told us, do not do a competition. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, we, don't, we don't want to create a, a competition. We don't want to create um, unnecessary ill will, right? Because it could have the potential to spin that way. And so they took it really seriously and said, no, like work with the college that most wants to work with you first. And so um, that's where we started. It's been a really fun. That's fantastic. So I know, I, I think you have your, like you said, you have the first site visit of, of champions going out this spring. So what are some of your objectives with that site visit? You know, we're really lucky that a couple of the, the folks have either led a study abroad program, the faculty have led a study abroad program before. Um, so they have a insider knowledge on how programs operate. But our main, our main goal is to find curriculum that works for these students in recreation, sports management, public health. And so we've picked the American College of Greece and University Católica in Valencia. And we're working on what one of the outcomes of this is going to be, you know, curriculum integration, building an innate semester plan. For these students in these key areas, we're going to look at internship opportunities for public health, physical therapy, exercise science, sports recreation management. You know, we met with the advising team that's going to be coming as well, because they're a really important part. They face students, they advise students on which classes to take. Like, they're the most obvious missing link for us in terms of turning student interest into real going abroad. It was really interesting. They asked questions like things I take, I think I take for granted in the being somebody in the field. Like what does a typical day in the life look like? <laughs> and I, as somebody who's lived abroad and this is my world, I thought, Oh, that's the most obvious question. But why didn't I think of that? You know, I think you just kind of, as you start to learn, more about what people don't know, you have these aha moments for yourself and what you take for granted. They asked, they want to know how, I thought this was amazing. So again, because we're in this little white house just off campus, um, Elizabeth was asking, so students come to our office, you know, we talk about this amazing opportunity to study abroad for a semester. We outline it and say it's really clear that you can um, study abroad for a semester. Um, but they just don't, there's a missing link from advising the student to actually getting them abroad. And so how can we bridge that gap between the advising center and getting them abroad? And so her missing gap 
is what does a day look like? What does study abroad feel like? like? How can we paint an experience for a student? And, and you know, we all we know as professionals that you know a site visit is is night and day in terms of our ability to do our job. And 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 so what you're doing is kind of democratizing that process and allowing others on your campus to to experience those things. So when they come back home, they'll feel empowered to talk to students about study abroad. And, and I Absolutely. love that. Yeah, they're that. invested. 100%. They're invested. Uh, and, and like, and it's, again, it's that kind of like innovative ideation stage, right? So we might start in the study abroad office with one idea. And when we involve other people, it starts to spin in a new direction and build on that momentum. And we end up coming up with something better than the initial idea. I love it. The power of good ideas. With the study abroad champions program, is there any Anything that your office produces to to give to the champions so they can have, you know, so they can be recognized amongst, amongst the Oh, my God. We got swag on swag on swag. Swag for days, yes. <laughs> so Madison Barnes, um, she had been um, a peer advisor in our office, a graduate assistant in our office, a curriculum integration specialist in our office. And I think we've said goodbye to her five times and welcomed her back definitely six times at this point. <laughs> Um, but she's amazing and loves Canva and loves design. And we've got these really amazing study abroad champions pins, a couple of images that we've asked our staff and other study abroad champions to put in their signature lines. It's got the, a picture of the globe and, you know, in red study abroad. Um, but the, the O in study abroad is what is that little symbol for a location on a map? right? It's that red little symbol. And inside it is our Razorback. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and I just love it. Um, and it that took an army to get approved too, because anytime you use logos, right, you got to go through and get everybody's blessing from athletics. So. Absolutely. Especially when it's an athletic logo. So that's great. I mean, so that's just the, you know, the importance of, of allocating some of the budgets that we have in our, in our units for promotion and things like that to make sure that our, our allies on campus are, aren't forgotten in that. So I love that. Yeah. Well, um, and I think we've learned too, like, where can we get our biggest bang for our buck, right? Students love stickers, their water bottles are covered in them, their laptops are covered in them. And so we've got at least three different types of stickers for study abroad champions or for promoting um, study abroad in general. We've even printed these really Oh my God, these like adorable t-shirts that say, let's go, let's go, let's go in multiple uh, languages. And then at the bottom, it says Woo Pig because we're the University of Arkansas. <laughs> so we might as well, let's go, let's go Woo Pig, right? Love it. As you head into you know, almost your first year anniversary of the Study Abroad Champions program, what's next? Yeah, I think that remains to be determined in a way, Zach. Like what I've learned in this role and we know that in international education you've got to be flexible you have to be adaptable you have to tolerate ambiguity those are hard skills for most people um and somehow the most tolerant the most of of ambiguity the most flexible always we always find ourselves here right and i think the beauty in that is it means we're open to suggestion we're open to ideas we're open to moving in a direction and if it doesn't serve us or our students or our institution, adapting it and molding it. Um, you know, the big thing we're looking at next is our new student orientation. 
right? So all of our incoming freshmen and students, their parents, they come, they register for classes, they get to see campus, they stay night in town. And the vision that I, there's a lot that has to happen during new student orientation. And I think I've, we've always approached it from, it's the first, it's really the second time students get impacted by study abroad or like read about it, right? Because the first touch is our partnership with enrollment management. So, right, so if a student is interested in studying abroad, they say yes, and we send them an amazing flyer full of stories and cool pictures and bios of our Razorback students who have gone abroad before. But a new student orientation, you know, I think study abroad should be the number one thing that people talk about, but that's just showing my own bias. <laughs> um, but we want the colleges to make sure that that is a focus for their students as well, because they have a lot that they have to accomplish, a ton that they have to get accomplished. And so some, most of the time then study abroad kind of takes the backseat to that. It should take the backseat to it, but again, for them anyway, for me, it should be number one. But it just means like how this whole year of study abroad champions, having these informal conversations, having like seeing this site visit come to fruition, I'm expecting the College of Education and Health Professions to have an increase in the number of students who study abroad. I'm starting to see them have more questions about funding students' scholarships. How can we expand this kind of support? Um, that sort of thing. So it's really started to spark interest and innovation in some, some unique ways. Well, it really seems like it's it's fostering almost like shared ownership of studying of study abroad at Arkansas, right? So it's, mm-hmm. it's not just your office that's doing the, the hard work and the, the rewarding work of getting students overseas. It's other folks on campus, too, and, and that takes a lot of work. And it has to be that collaborative approach, right? I think higher ed's so famous for its silos and saying, no, 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 just what I do is what I do, right? And I'm doing the best and nobody else can do it as well as me. Most of our staff have a background in higher education or student affairs in some form or fashion. We're always looking for ways to break down those silos. And it's that collaboration, that partnership, creating that culture. Again, it's just been as simple as hosting informal conversations, answering questions when they have them, and asking advisors. You know, kind of one of the precursors to this was this initiative was we asked advisors what tools they needed and wanted, the academic advisors, what tools they needed and wanted to help support them when a student said they wanted to study abroad. And so I think we learned a lot through that where some of the gaps were because we were hosting these like 30 minute chats across campus, you know, academic advisors, come on down, talk to us. You've got the entire Zoom room available to you. We created an advisor toolkit out of that now that I'm really reflecting on that, that was the the seed that really blossomed into study abroad champions. Excellent. So it, it all starts with the with the toolkit, and that was actually going to flows next to my to the question I have for you next is like, what advice would you have for another campus who doesn't have any sort of program like this but would like to get started in building one? How does one start? I mean, it's, it takes sometimes it takes a grassroots effort. I, I think the best advice I would have, you know, and again, I'm trying to take into account, like, how can I give advice that is 
broad enough, but specific enough, because we know that some offices are one person shops. We know that some offices are vast and, and comprehensive. Um, it starts with partnership and relationships. And it starts with having, identifying who, who has the most contact on campus with students what kinds of roles and responsibilities do they have to support students? And then asking questions, like what kinds of questions do students talk to you about in your advising sessions? What are their pressure points? What are their concerns? And I think through building those partnerships and building those relationships, you start to plant a seed for, well, what about study abroad? oh, is this class typically oversubscribed? What if we're able to find that class in a foreign location, right? Um, so it's in, you know, through that iterative process of building relationships, asking questions of academic advisors, of TRIO folks, of um, career counselors, like where can we find the sweet spot to grow? Um, Absolutely. I, you know, I love what you're saying about, you know, almost like identifying the pain points for each of your each of your would be champions and then finding ways that your department can provide solutions to those yeah. um, obsessed. Um, and so it, it seems like you all are doing a lot. Um, no surprise there. Um, so how do you carve out time for these types of strategic um, conversations and, and overarching priorities when the, when the day-to-day of our work in education abroad can be so consuming. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's the part that takes the village, yeah. right? So, you know, because again, you've got, you've got the day-to-day, you've got the rigor, you have things you have to, to get done to move the needle, right, and get students abroad. And sometimes that's a slog. <laughs> sometimes it's fun. But how do you keep the momentum going? And it's a hundred percent for me, at least keeping it a priority, looking for opportunity when you've got visitors coming to campus to use some of their resources, use that as an opportunity to create. And with as many guests that come to campus, um, it's been a really easy plug and play for us. Um, to keep that momentum going. It's also been when I have less capacity, there's such investment across the rest of the staff between Megan, Madison, Brian, Katie, that they're constantly thinking of ways to engage study abroad champions as well. So it's a shared responsibility and no singular responsibility of the outreach person right? Or the marketing person. And that's where that team, I mean, again, we just love to ideate and to brainstorm and to wrestle with, with ideas and questions and how can we better meet the needs of students? Um, so it's, a, it's that shared responsibility that makes, takes it a long way. And, and so as a leader, um, how, do you, how do you create space um, for your team to ideate and come up with these good ideas? Are, are there any kind of suggestions that you would have to, for those who'd like to build an incubation station like you have down there in Arkansas? So this past year, I've been listening to staff and asking, like, what kinds of resources do you wish you had, right? What kind of 
needs do we have? You know, we always host an annual retreat. Um, so that's staff, staff wide, comprehensive. It's a little fun too, right? We've got some games that we play, but we really dig into where do we want to set the direction for the next year um, at those retreats. And through that, this last year in June, when we hosted our annual retreat, um, I heard the staff say they wanted more information on marketing, outreach, right? Like where are some of the areas that they want to learn? Um, and so we looked to our campus experts to help us meet that need. We're really lucky to have the, an innovation studio on campus. So it's called the Macmillan Innovation Studio. And they're tremendous partners for us. They've got this gorgeous space on campus that feels like a, an incubator. It feels like you're in a, I don't know, you're, you just, you're, you're, your energy changes when you step into that space. And I think it's become a sacred space for us because it takes you out of your day to day in this little white house, it takes you out of your office space and it gets you thinking in a new way. They host some design thinking lunch and learns and workshops. And so we were able to participate in one of those on design thinking and helped the whole team think through the iterative process of design, right? So it all started with one singular question, right? What are some of the barriers for study abroad? And we work through these five different steps in this design thinking process. And I think we learned as a team that you have to be comfortable with going back to the drawing board and reevaluating it and tweaking this idea and the answer and the tool and the mechanism that you've created to get it right maybe the next time. And just being open to that iterative design process was really helpful. That was a need that the team had expressed. We hosted a marketing professor to come to one of our staff meetings. And it's just been, it's been really helpful to get new perspectives in with especially at university is just rich and full of experts and passionate faculty and individuals are incredibly smart. And you've got an amazing opportunity to tap into rich resources. And we're just lucky enough that some really cool people have said yes to coming to, to our meetings. Well, this you know really goes back to what you were saying about how do we break down the silos that can be so pervasive in higher education? You've even taken it a step further to bring your team to other spaces on campus for for ideation and for creativity, but also bring other guests in um, to help them, you know, kind of spark ideas and things like that. So I love that. One of the other things we did too is, you know, we we're a central study abroad office, and so we serve the whole campus. Let's see, there's two, two things that are coming to my mind immediately. But the, the first piece is as a central office, you know, again, we have limited finite resources. So it's trying to figure out creatively, just like that study of our champions initiative and movement, right? Like we said earlier, yeah. how can we create more champions? And that is making people feel like they're a part of our team. Actually, on a weekly basis at our staff meetings, we have a staff member from the Honors College who is... Chelsea Hodge, she's the director of grants and research grants and just a, a tremendous study abroad advocate. Bringing her in to our staff meetings on a weekly basis has changed our dynamic completely in the most positive way, right? Yeah, so it's it's like it's just been inviting other people in, making them feel like they're a part of the team. Has there been anything that has surprised you about um, other folks on campus preconceptions about study abroad? 
I'm always surprised by some people's misconceptions of study abroad. Again, I think that's my, that's certainly my own bias and my own personal experience. We have intentionally chosen to work with people who are interested in working with us. We're intentionally invested in building their knowledge, building their understanding, helping them unpack and bust myths that study abroad students, prospective study abroad students have. For students, it's a lot of fear of the unknown. So you flip that into a question, how can I take that fear? What is that fear? Like, let's define it. Let's articulate it. Let's investigate it. If it's, you know, to the COHEP's Student Success Advising Center's point, if they don't know what the day in a life is like at a college or university abroad, And so we've actually mirrored that honors hub into our, and we still don't have a whole, we don't have a hub name yet. So maybe you can help me figure that one out, Zach. (laughs) (laughs) But we have created by college, like a study abroad cheat sheet, um, where we've looked at, we've identified first, like what is the timeline? What's the process? We've pre-articulated faculty-led programs, external programs, exchange programs. Basically, we've curated information for our students and it's turned into an incredible, you know, again, we talked about that advising tool earlier. It's a hundred percent created as an advising tool because again, we can't be involved in every single conversation. Um, So these advising, these kind of curated lists have turned into an incredible resource for us. Our university perspectives instructors use these curated lists in their university perspectives courses. We kind of pre-create a a day activity for them where they can go in and explore programs and figure out what an intern, like what a scholarship would look like, figure out where they might want to go, that sort of thing. So that the spring of their freshman year, they kind of know what they want to do in a perfect world. So, you know, honestly, it's only about 30% of our students total that study abroad are honors college students. So I'm really proud of that. So this year at World Strides, we are celebrating our 55th anniversary. Ooh, snaps. Big snaps. uh, Big snaps. And so we have been collecting the life-changing moments of our current and past participants on our programs. Um, So what study abroad did for me? So my question for you, Sarah is what are some of your life-changing moments when you think about your own international experience? I love this question. I So I lived abroad um, I in Spain for two years. Um, I did one year um, as a junior in Madrid, and then I went back after graduating and taught English there for a year. And it was such a different experience studying abroad versus living abroad because... I didn't have the safety net of a resident director on site. I didn't have the safety net of writing essays. I mean, I'm such a nerd after I graduated college. <laughs> the fact that this 23-year-old me is like, I really feel like I need to write essays to stay in my routine is just <laughs> the most embarrassing thing. But I lived with this, um, this Colombian woman in the center of Madrid. <laughs> One day, I overfilled the washing machine and it broke and I thought oh crap 
I barely know in English how to describe what I did because <laughs> I just broke. So now I have to do this in Spanish. So for me, I always go back to this. I found the apartment um, manager and I figured out how to communicate the need in Spanish. And I always go back to this because I think, Sarah, if you can communicate this broken washing machine in, a, in, a, in your second language, then you can do anything. And it's just, I mean, it's a really stupid, cheesy, like watershed moment for me, but it was like the amount of embarrassment or fear that I felt in that moment, the reality that I didn't know how to explain what I did in English and that I had to force myself to do it in Spanish to advocate for myself um, was one of the just really weird changing moments, but it really was. If I can do this, I can do anything. That's a great story. And I think that's the, the exact takeaway that I, that I love to share too. What was yours? Uh, I also lived in Madrid. We'll have to swap, uh, swap Spain stories. When I was undergraduate, I, I went to Lima, Peru. And I think my life-changing moment was actually, you know, where I enrolled in classes with local students. Everything was in Spanish. And my life-changing moment was that when I came back to my small college in Boston. And then I realized, well, you know, I just lived in Peru for a year and took everything in Spanish. I think I could handle my small college. And every, everything just kind of snapped into perspective and became very relative. And I just felt so much stronger because of what my experience is. Because we hear so much from students, like this experience is life-changing. It's transformative. It's amazing, right? And and a big part of our responsibility as international educators is helping them unpack the why and the how and the specifics and turning it into a story with a um, kind of a, a, a takeaway and a life-changing way to describe that. And um, a really, it's that sense of independence that you create, that self-assuredness that maybe you felt like you didn't have before. Those are the things that you carry with you for the rest of your life. Well, so next time my washing machine goes on the fritz, I'll give you a call. Yeah, please. Here, here in Connecticut. <laughs> For the final question, you know, as you think about education abroad in 2023, what's one thing that makes you hopeful? Looking, so I'm going to kind of answer it myopically in my little microcosm of University of Arkansas. Because, yes, internationally, globally, we've had a really tough several years. I've been so happy and reassured that the work that we're doing to help change students' lives through study abroad is working because I see how much excitement and curiosity and interest our study abroad champions have on this campus in my little world, right? I know that the answers are out there and I know that there are really good people who have amazing ideas, are ready, eager, curious, they want to dig in. So I want to, I'm eager to see where our champions take study abroad um, in 2023. Let's see. Well, I can't imagine a better place to, to end it than right here. Um, thank you so much, Sarah Malloy, for your leadership and for spending a little bit of time with me this morning. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining us for Changing Lives Through Education Abroad. I'm your host, Zach McInnes, and make sure to join us next week as we continue to explore topics around international education and exchange. Please subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends and colleagues. Let's create life-changing moments together.